Hi folks, welcome to the next edition of Service Crack. Um, we're back on again in the new year, looking forward to it. How are you keeping? Oh good, getting after it, getting after it. Dave. Not, too, not, not too bad, trying to trying to establish some good uh, January atomic habits. That's uh, slow going though. Yeah, good. Yeah, just getting out of bed, it's my first atomic habit. <laughs> um, all right, so we, one thing we'd be, we decided we would, we would kick off the new year with is... Um, We've, we've kind of been kicking around this term with the, the, the modern SDLC, the, the software development lifecycle. We've kind of noticed is, is, is changing a bit. Um, and it's, it's, I think when you, like with what we're doing, um, what, what we see companies doing is once you get into this kind of new way of working, there's probably a, probably a different way of, of getting things going. It's no longer like a straight waterfall. It's just, you know, A, B, C, D anymore. Or you just keep going and an established system like like Scrum, just keep it written. How do you get to this this kind of fast flow kind of state? Um, and I think there's there's definitely a lot of things that we've we've been discovering over the past couple of years that we've noticed. We thought we'd maybe just talk through the phases. What do you reckon? So our kind of modern software development lifecycle. Yes, I mean, I I think first and foremost, I think it's always good to kind of structure your SCLC or kind of at least understand the high level phases. Because um, obviously one of the things that we kind of like to talk about, you know, we've talked about it in previous kind of episodes is engineering excellence. You know, like, so how do you, how do you understand how you're doing as an organization, you know, as a collective, you know, if, um, if there's no consistency or structure in terms of how you maneuver or how you kind of release software. So I think the first and foremost, the thing you, kind of draw attention to is it's good to kind of have and acknowledge a shape or structure to your SDLC in organizations. So that's the first point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you mentioned that in the modern cloud, it is different. And especially now that so many of these techniques and capabilities and services that we leverage now have been democratized, you can stand them up really rapidly. That That's different, right? But it still takes time and, being methodical and being deliberate about setting up yourself for success. So I think stuff we're going to talk through is really about trying to, to set you up for success properly before you start iterating really quickly. Yeah, and as well, I think struggling how to phrase this. In traditional software, there was things that you spent a lot of time doing, like say setting up your deployment pipelines. You maybe could have spent months doing that, like like way back in the day, like. When these things can be done very quickly, you can spend your time doing other things. Like like we, we do a lot of time around kind of domain-driven design. And that's always things that you should have done in the past, but you often never got to it because you were you were doing other things like setting up infrastructure. Um so I have certainly it feels like people going, Well, that's why why are we doing design? Is that not quite old fashioned? It's like, no, we always should have done design, but now we we need to focus on it more because of the the heavy lifting things kind of gone away. So we need to focus on kind of our side of the, the responsibility line, which I think is is quite a subtle thing. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, so assuming there's always some sort of vision or kind of some sort of end where you want to be, you know, like so your business or your someone's invested in someone to write this software, you know, somewhere I think there's a good idea or a problem to be solved. So the, I think the first phase we we kind of in RSDLC and we talk about it is kind of our business architecture, you know, like, so how does our software model the real world? Um, 
So there's a number of techniques and stuff that we do up, up front, you know, like, so we'll go through a phase of product discovery, you know, we'll use various techniques, sometimes impact maps, for example, what's the, what's the shortest route to our success to solve this particular problem? You know, are we, are we thinking about, it? are we modeling it in terms of business terms, you know, ubiquitous language, um, you know, then we go into kind of like domain driven design. Well, types even, well, I would say even before that is, do we all understand the problem? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Do we have an North Star? Is is the problem being, you know, sometimes you're you're kicked off in a project and the problem hasn't really been well defined. Sure. There's there's debate on what the problem is. Yeah. Sometimes the discovery can also maybe include just getting a bit of agreement. What what we're what we're yeah. what the problem we're our North Star, in fact, what's the North Star? What's the thing we're trying to solve here? Yeah, and I think and, and also in that product discovery, some of the techniques we may be used in the, in the big old solar systems or business process management systems in the past the techniques and the approaches are starting to re-emerge especially with the collaborative tooling that you have now mirror or lucid charts or whatever right you can you know, very rapidly use some of those techniques to sketch out what is the business process for the problem you're trying to solve or what is the you know who are the who are the actors you're the people that you're going to collaborate with to, to deliver this, you know. Mm. So I think some of those things are we're, we're starting to see that are starting to emerge. Where you know, mm. you know, BPM is not a bad word in the in the modern cloud world, right? And um, it's just you I, have different tools and techniques for doing it. Yeah, and you make your about the jump on the, the DDD, but before you jump into that, there, there's something. Like, these are blocking phases. You don't think you sit on this for months, but I think if no one knows what these things are, it's good to acknowledge that we're in the dark here. Just that we know we're in the dark. It's not that you don't know; it's that nobody knows. That's a really important distinction at this phase. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's it's almost big picture, isn't it? It's the you know hard as hard as what we're doing really. How, what problem are we solving? You know, what what language are we talking in? Um, and like I I always kind of like coming out of this phase with your first consumable feature. You know, what's the first thing we actually want to build and get out in front of people? You know, I think it's it's very it's. It's good to spend time on that up front and not kind of leave that too late <laughs> in the kind of the overall SDLC. Um, you know. But then yeah, in order to kind of go with that, you you mentioned there like the, the domain-driven design type things, you know, like in a lot of cases you're you're normally working into a bigger ecosystem or a part of a bigger platform or you know, or, or you're at the beginning of that journey. So it's good to then think about like how do you model. The domain that you're in and make good decisions with relation to that in terms of how your how your stuff fits in with the overall kind of system and um and things that are yeah. in the in the overall kind of yeah. and I think getting those you know domains and those boundary context well defined and understanding where the boundaries are is, is critical and understanding what the capabilities are of the things that you're going to collaborate with is, is pretty 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 important. Yeah. And then even thinking about what the way is the data flowing through that and have you modeled the data and what's the handoff and what's the transformation of that data through this new sort of domain or this new boundary context that you're starting to deal with. Yeah. That's a super that's a super important one for me actually, the data modeling and doing that as early as possible. Because I I kind of feel like particularly in modern um architectures, you know, where you're we're using kind of NoSQL or Teams now be using yeah. DynamoDB and and even thinking about your access patterns up front. And then, but then there's also other dimensions of the business you got to factor in early on, like your reporting or your business intelligence. So the earlier you can kind of do some of that data modeling stuff, it's, it pays off. And even just and even just an entity, just figuring out that this entity, this data entity is owned by that business 
bonded context. And even making that call that, oh, okay, this one owns it. So if anybody else wants to use it, you got to get it from this 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 single point of context. That's massive, like hundred percent. Yeah. Even thinking about how what's the business intelligence dashboard going to look like for the thing that you're just going to build? It's almost like working backwards from that. What's yeah. what are the metrics that are going to show up in some some dashboard somewhere whenever you do deliver this capability or feature or, or product? Yeah. yeah. So that's your first phase. I kind of feel like a, a you know, good modern yep. LC. So coming out of that, your domains, your bound of context, your first consumable features. You may even start to think about some of your example maps. or your, you know, you're you are thinking about how you're going to test this thing as well, aren't you? In the, the areas of impact. Um, that kind of then sets you up for a good architectural, technical architectural phase, doesn't it? So, you know, we had, you know, typically we're always talking about well architected. You know, we've done loads of episodes on well architected. Um, so this phase is kind of where we would start to really look at how do we make this a reality in terms of, you know, the technical side. So we run well architected threat model exercises. Um, you know, we begin to then think about our pathway out to broad in terms of like accounts or pipelines, those sorts of things, don't we? Um, yeah. And it's, not, it's not, not, and it's not massive about the big front, upfront architectural mm. design. It's your first evolvable architecture that you can... Uh, yeah. That, that can get your your valuable feature out the production, right? Yeah, and it's, it's I mean, if and really the thing is here, it's not, you know, write a hundred page document and all things you can do. It's like you've now have an idea what you're going to build, so we can through architect and say, is this thing, you know, have we thought about the the five pillars from a threat model perspective? Have we thought about risks and mitigations, and then using the developer platform, can you provision the thing quickly, or can you, you know, can you can you push something out? So just getting that that stuff set up that you haven't there isn't like a massive rock that you've missed, yeah. like something insane. So even if you get that set up, that that's effectively architecture. It's not it's not drawing the diagram. It's thinking yeah. about some of your big non-functional things and just having confidence that you've got them solved nice and early. Because if you don't, it's very expensive to come back to them later on. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, as you say, like this doesn't have to take a long time. Like. You know, if you've done the first phase right, you've got a good grip of your first consumable feature, you know, the threat model, the well-architected review, even getting in front of some of the actual, you know, like sometimes you, you know, say evolutionary architecture type concepts, it's good to get the hardest problem out front first and get, get that yeah. solved first, you know, like, so it, it, it's, it's good. It doesn't take, it's good to kind of be prepared in, in that regard. And this is a huge, this is a really good investment for, yeah. for the next phases. It's a very different way of working as well. Like it's not, it's not big design up front where you do every single decision up front, and that's that that messes with people's heads. If people have done that in the past, because yeah. I think there's two types of people: people who want everything designed up front, people who want nothing designed up front, yeah. and the yeah. truth is somewhere in the middle. And I think in, in, in modern organizations who are leveraging cloud capabilities, a lot of the guardrails and the controls and checks and balances are built into the ecosystem as well. So at this phase, you want to just make sure you are. Do you have your infrastructure code? Do you have your static analysis? Do you have your your um, your security checks and balances? Sort of at least aware of them, at least understand how the ecosystem yeah. can give you feedback in those things. That's a good one because yeah, when you sit and talk to the team, you're saying there's a whole bunch of things that we have turned on in production when you get to production. So it's not like this is just a one time check that goes away. Yeah. You know, if if this thing's not done, there'll be a dashboard that'll be pinging saying there's 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 something you know. Uh, there's something not right, like so, for sure. Hundred percent. And then again, this doesn't even have to involve architects. You know, no. people are seniority. This can all be done by the team 
yep. themselves. Architecture can be leveraged sometimes if there's something genuinely new or something reasonably complex that they maybe haven't encountered or it's you know it's new to the org. Yeah. Um, this Arch is all. Yeah. Arch Arch architecture should be there to help enable the teams to do this. Yes. Uh, pretty much self serve and do this in a very autonomous way. Yeah. 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 100%. So coming out of that phase, you know, like, so we've done our business architecture, we've got a good grip on what we think the dimensions and things that we've got to get in front of the technical architecture. Then we kind of get into our, you know, our build phase or, you know, we, we kind of, we like to get our first consumable feature out to, to prod, don't we? So, mm. you know, that's kind of where we'll think about like our implementation and, and again, every implementation is different and every implementation will have its own kind of approach and requirements. And so we kind of like to, this is where, you know, um, things like having good kind of stand of testing and, you know, good expectations around the, the overall enterprise patterns are useful. You know, if you're, if you're EDA or, you know, what are those patterns, making sure teams can kind of leverage them and, and apply them in terms of their implementation. But, but coming out of this phase, you know, you should have kind of early kind of workloads, work conversions through dev tests out into, out into production that all kind of, you know, um, are built against all the prep you've done with your your well architected your you know your business architecture phase and you and you can be you can begin to be fairly confident that you're in the right kind of space and zone. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say about this phase is I'm always very I'm a stickler for telemetry observability. I know that's in well architected, but you know there's never any excuses for releasing without eyes on and good telemetry and you know being very clear about what your success measures are so you can begin to then. You know, see if the thing's actually doing what it needs to do. Yeah. So the, so the third phase is kind of where the engineers really go off and build a thing, <laughs> um, to what we've done before. I, I don't yeah. use. And I think it's, it's, it is that it's being deliberate and methodical about building out a reliable pathway to production. Yeah, right? yeah. It shouldn't be so shouldn't the, be bad ad hoc or on the cuff. It should be this is our golden path to production that we're yeah. and lots of times. So you just a step back there. Those three phases there. There's almost like that like ideation, like what are we going to build and let's figure out what the problem we're solving is. What's the architecture foundation around how do we set up our non-functional things to make sure they're right. And then the actual kind of early build, that pathway to reduction, build the workload and get it out with all your observability and quality baked in, et cetera. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of and this is... Mike refers that, that Mike refers that, Mike, your name for that. I can't remember what it is. It's the slowest, smooth and smooth is fast kind of approach. Slowest, smooth. So I, that... that I mean, I think some some people th think this sounds quite slow, but it is slow and smooth. It's like figure out your problem, make sure your foundation is right, build the simplest thing you possibly build, get that right, and once you do that, then you're in the smoothest fast. Then you speed up. Uh, okay. it, it does sound a bit like it's counterintuitive, but a lot of those things that we talked about in that sort of ideation and, and that foundational phase, it's very hard to retrofit those later on. Yeah. yeah. And what what you what you'll have achieved there is you've massively mitigated the risks of project failure or product failure because you've set up all this stuff now. Now you're in the you know, fast feedback time. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's the thing. Those those first three phases is the slowest smooth. And you said if you, and the the key point you made there, Dave, is the the smallest possible thing you want to get out as quickly as possible. You know the the thing you think it'll be the you know, we call it the first consumable feature. That's what certainly what I've been referring to it as is something that somebody's going to try and use or you're going to try and put in front of a customer or, you know, an operator or someone and get getting that feedback. And then that puts you in a position where you've got your telemetry, you can observe, you know, you've got your stable pathway to prod, 
you've got a good grip on the business architecture. The business understands what you're doing. Product understands what you're doing. Um, and then you can, you know, we we move into our, you know, smooth is fast is where then you can start to take feedback, you know, release small features frequently, iterate, you know, get get rapid feedback, A-B tests, all those sorts of techniques, all those good modern techniques, you know, leveraging your pipeline, you can deploy 10 times a day, um, get that feedback and then build rapidly, you know, but at market saying you've, you've taken care of all your risks, you know, you're, you're working to the organizational kind of standards, you're well architected, you're secure, um, you know, you're, you're in really good shape. Yeah, um, and, and, and importantly, you're getting that first product feedback from real yeah. users. Mm. You know, are you yeah. on the right track? Is this completely off paste, or is this actually aligned to what the product vision is? What your north star is? What those key input metrics are? That, you know, your business stakeholders, your users are actually expecting. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's. I like. I say that I, I would love to do some more on this uh, this concept. Like, but there's a couple of almost like. Um, you know, if you kind of if you play devil's advocate, like you could say, well, like, why do you need to do this? Remember the old digest thing: build the right thing and build it fast. Like, yeah. I mean, this this hopefully stops you building the wrong thing. Um, there's so much power in the, the the modern cloud today. You have so much at your fingertips. If a team don't know what they're doing, they can create a lot of damage by not doing this early stuff. So you almost want to kind of measure twice and cut once. Yeah. Um, you know, with with how the cloud is like, I mean, if you don't put some key things in place, you could you could go a long way down the path and realize something goes wrong. You have no idea what happened. So there's a lot of stuff that we're, as Mark, as you said, we're, we're mitigating risk by putting stuff in early. So it is, I think it's a super interesting model. I think there's a lot more we can do on it. Like, and we, 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 we yeah. should do more. Like, but it's, the, it's a very different way of working than maybe people traditionally think. Yeah. And, and just to finish off, like the slow, smooth face, really, you're, you're talking about rapid feedback from your real users, right? And you're getting that customer input, the business input, right? You're, then you're thinking about what's the next most highest priority thing we can develop as a team, right? Now you're focusing very much on business value, product value. What are the most important things we should do? Like, what's our next best action here? Mm. And you're really, you know, because you've built all the t- observability and the telemetry and you have those metrics, you're now able to measure success against tangible empirical things right that's that's really important fast feedback is really important and then you're thinking about well especially in the cloud you know things never stand still so there may be emerging threats or emerging cost optimizations or things that you can take advantage of or new capabilities or services that come online from a cloud provider but also in your ecosystem do you want to think about well how do we adapt to that how do we evolve our our solution to to improve right and Mm. Ultimately, like that observability is, is critical, right? Having that real, you know, rich you know, across your entire stack, that telemetry and that observability will mm-hmm. really help, help you succeed. And as well as Mike, as you said at the start, I mean, you're you're defining this STLC. So I mean, even if you've got a couple of teams, like six or seven teams building four things, you want those four things to kind of behave and feel the same. You don't want four completely different things. So even having some, I'll say the bad word, having some standard with how we build is super important that we're all kind of working in the same way. Like so, No, and then that helps you as an organization, doesn't it? So you can observe yeah. how your teams are kind of progressing through the phases. And then what, what story does that tell? You know, yeah. is there areas that we need to invest in from a support perspective or, you know, provision perspective? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and what our team's feed, feedback on those areas. So it's, it's that way to measure. Yeah, because you're asking for enablement. Yeah. Um, 
So that's the crack then. That was a, a, a quick intro to kind of our, our modern SDLC. We'll definitely do a bit more on that. I think it's it's interesting. Uh, I think once you get the foundations of being in the cloud, then there's a lot of questions around modernization and what does that look like? So it'd be good to kind of um, do a bit more on this. But um, have a look at the um, the serverlessage.com at our blog and um, um, give us a, a follow or like on Twitter at the serverlessage. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone. Bye.